I'm really proud to introduce our guest today, uh, who is Dr. Michael Rabin. Uh, Dr. Ma Michael Rabin is not only a doctor, uh, but he is the inventor and founder um, of Laser Cap Company. We can see that cap flapping in the background. Whoa, that's cool. And uh, this was formed in 2006. Uh, him and he collaborated with another doctor. It's a Dr. David Smith. And they collaborated with a Harvard-based photomedicine expert, Dr. Michael Hamblin. Uh, and they, together um, with another doctor, Dr. Robert Haber, came up and innovated this light-based device for global youth and heavy, um, health industries. Uh, the first commercial product that was available was laser cap. And so um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And this is one of the first products, the first product, uh, that affects um, uh, thinning of the hair, patients who are thinning the hair, and this affects up to 50% of adult women. Um, who knows what percentage of men? Probably higher, depending on what age we're 80, talking about. 80%. 80%, and you know, uh, it, so it's, it's everyone's going to have some sort of hair loss. So we're going to talk about this. So before we get started with, what was kind of your driving force inventing laser cap? So what were kind of the steps that took place for you to kind of uh, come up with laser cap? Oh gosh. Well, as you see, I'm a hair loss sufferer. This is all, this is all transplant right in the front here and the backs, all scalp micropigmentation. I'm essentially bald. And uh, the laser cap is for patients with earlier thinning hair. If the follicles are gone, you're, you're not gonna revive them. This is for you know underperforming follicles, and the and the light uh, uh, the mechanism which we'll get into I'm sure later it basically revs up the uh, the cellular respiration in the follicle improves uh, hair uh, production. And, and, and so I did this as you know for the children. I did this for the for future generations because it was a little late for me. Uh, and so what was your sort of, um, what, what sort of took you to that part and say, hey, let's bring this onto market. How do I bring this onto market? What were some of those steps that kind of brought laser cap to fruition? Well, I assembled a team. Uh, I recruited uh, the top photo medicine uh, guy in the country, Mike Hamlin out of Harvard. I, I uh, recruited uh, a, a very good optical uh, physicist, uh, MIT PhD, David Smith, who happens to be a local guy in Cleveland. And then I uh, uh, collaborated with one of the top hair surgeons uh, in the world, uh, Bob Haber, who's a, a, a board-certified dermatologist, not a plastics guy, but dermatologist. They can, you know, when they're trained, they can do transplant. And so with that collaboration, we created, uh, we created LaserCap. Came out of the lab in like 2010 with the, uh, the first embodiment of it. And it has the dubious distinction of being the most widely copied. I had a little trouble with the patents, but I have new stuff that, that you know, they don't know what I'm doing next. Uh, it's the most widely copied technology for uh, light-based hair growth in the world. Wow. That's, a, that's both a, a great honor and it's also, uh, um, you know, it's probably a source of frustration. They say if you, you can't beat them, you copy it, right? Well, we only work with physicians and all the copies go try to go to the consumer. And it, it just doesn't work out. This needs to be professionally uh, administered. So we only work with doctors. And, and, and that kind of brings us to like another question that kind of comes up. And one of the more common questions for my patients is, um, you know, here's laser cap and here is something I can buy on Amazon for, um, I don't know, a, a few hundred dollars. 
What's the difference? Why do well, I need to get laser cap? The big difference, and I, I actually and I uh, created a, uh, I actually created a graphic. The, the big difference is we're now finding in the in the latest research that we need much higher energy levels. Now, laser cap. I've done some things with the circuitry uh, to uh, basically overdrive the lasers and still stay within compliance, uh, and we promote much longer treatment times. But we basically want to be way up here on the uh, 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 at this blue arrow on the biologic effects curve, which is probably more than 20 times the output, 20, 20 times the energy that you're going to get from one of these Amazon devices. And so these generally these devices out there in the consumer market are grossly underpowered. Um, I, I think the other thing that uh, we note is that people don't understand the difference. And I, I, I know the answer, but I'm going to explain it. it would be better for me. LED versus laser, because people oftentimes think an LED is the same thing as a laser. Clearly, it's not. Um, so how would you describe it to one of my patients? Say, hey, I'm talking to the founder of LaserCap. What's the difference? Well, these are uh, lasers. Interesting, we're finding that interestingly, we're finding that it perhaps LEDs at very, very high power may be equivalent to the to the lasers. The research may indicate that the photons from very high powered LED may be equivalent. But the LEDs that you may find in the devices, again, just grossly underpowered. And then there's a big difference in the in the quality of the light. It's uh, coherent. Um, uh, organized light uh, goes in uh, in very uh, organized waves with laser, and it's an, in, an incoherent light source. It just kind of goes all over the place. It, it, the biologic effect may be very different. It may be superior with laser. But again, the jury is still out, uh, although they, the, the patients, uh, consumers cannot find LED at these very high powers uh, in the consumer market. Um, and, and, and kind of going back with this, this kind of the, the foundation of this, this research all comes from, I think it's the late 1960s. It is some animal studies looking at um, basically wound heal. They originally, what were they looking for? It was 1960s. It was a guy who was trying to, I think it was Mester. He was trying to, um, uh, he was irradiating the backs of, uh, of mice that he had shaven to try to uh, induce a cancer. In the skin, but this is red light, so it's non-ionizing. And he was finding these 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 mice were growing hair, and yeah. so it's like, oh, the you know the light bulb went off. Oh my, you know we're 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 stimulating uh, hair regrowth with with this red light. It's almost interesting that every hair growth um, uh, discovery is an accident. It's like Rogaine yeah. is an yeah. accident. It was for blood pressure. Propecia yeah. is kind of an accident for prostate. And laser cap, it's not unusual that, hey, guess what? This was an accidental discovery. So it's kind of, you see this theme with hair that uh, all of these discoveries. Look at penicillin. Look at, I mean, there's been other medical discoveries, but hair especially. Uh, yeah, um, I would agree. And, and that kind of leads to the next questions from patients. And I think the next question from patients, and you know, we can answer this maybe with, um, uh, you know, kind of the satisfaction of patients doing this. Uh, a lot of patients say, does laser, does it really work? Uh, I mean, if I, I'm a basic science guy, I, I like talking about looking at studies, looking at aspect. And you look at the study in the 1960s, you see that, you know, animals are growing hair. They're actually healing wounds faster. You look in the um, what's hot in the world of aesthetics, and that's kind of um, uh, red light versus blue light. 
and you see these things happening, how they affect our, our bodies on not just a cellular level, but almost like a subcellular level. And they ask me, does it work? And I, I'm obviously saying, obviously, yes. But um, from the founder of LaserCap, uh, your thoughts? Well, sure, sure. There's there's quite a bit of literature now. Uh, it, you know, you, you do a PubMed search on LLLT in hair or photobiomodulation in hair, and you'll see uh, a couple hundred uh, research papers in the last couple of years. And so there's been quite a bit of research lately. And the 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 uh, double-blind placebo-controlled studies and the meta-analyses of these uh, devices for hair regrowth all indicate we're growing hair. And the mechanism, if you talk to Hamblin, uh, you know, the light is used in a whole range of conditions. They're using it uh, to treat depression, different wavelength, uh, higher power, getting to the brain. They're using it for traumatic brain injury, reduce the morbidity associated with uh, with stroke, with heart attack, any dysfunctional cellular process, any cells that have mitochondria where there's some dysfunction are going to respond favorably to the light. And, you know, Hamblin can get into, I, I should have brought his charts uh, because he's got all, you know, all the biochemical pathways um, uh, mapped. But it's basically, it comes down to improved cellular respiration at the mitochondria. Remember the Krebs cycle from your, your medical school days, ATP, that's the fuel for the cell. It revs that up so you can get increased ATP production and then a whole cascade of biochemical uh, events that result in uh, better functioning hairs or better functioning uh, follicles. And, and that, that key word that you mentioned is mitochondria, that subcellular improvement. Uh, again, that's and anyone who's in this, uh, so you have, the, you have the doctor side and then you have the health bloggers. And I, I listened to both sides of the argument and uh, both love mitochondria. Mitochondria has become a really hot topic and red light and treating things is super hot. So I think it's interesting. Anytime you say, I'm gonna improve your mitochondrial function, um, you're going to see some positives, and it's not surprising you're seeing those positives happen in uh, something like hair. Yeah, well, that's what we're targeting here. I mean, we're not going after uh, facial rejuvenation. We're not trying to treat uh, uh, a depression or, uh, you know, a soft tissue injury. You know, this thing, this, and I've got it here, this, this embodiment kind of illustrates it. This kind of uh, showcases the tech. You know, it's red light on the head. We're going, you know, we're targeting the follicle. This is the same technology as um, uh, the, you know, the shell devices, the shell, uh, but, but it, it showcases it so you can get a good visual of it. And we actually sell these, but they're sold at a, at a premium. Um, so if you compare those two devices, um, that, that's a great topic because that's the newest, the newest device is the shell one, right? The one on the, on the left, I mean, the, on the, uh, that one, correct? I um, yeah. And I have the one I wear every night, uh, by the way, I can talk to my, my laser, my laser cap experience. So I did a hair transplant. So I'm a hair transplant person as well. Oh, um, wow. And, you, you know, I actually noticed uh, with laser cap that when I started wearing the device, um, I felt like my hairs were growing a little faster. My other hairs were kind of going through there. And so uh, for me, again, it's one of those things I noticed that some of my hairs, I, and I, I use trichoscopy on my head to uh, look at them. And I noticed that some of my hairs that were kind of on the miniaturized side were actually kind of um, kind of coming back a little bit. Um, my hair is a little fluffier um, and uh, that aspect of it. So uh, I'm a, so for me, looking at the different devices out there, I looked at the data and I felt LaserCap had the, um, you know, the best uh, technical hardware, the best setup. Um, so to me, that was like there was no brainer. And if you're going to do something 
which is, um, you, you know, you're going to do that something that's, it's not, I'm going to say time consuming, but it's part of your ritual. You better make sure it works because um, if you're doing just putting LED on your head, it's doing nothing. What's the point? It's a waste of everyone's time. Well, that's for sure. That's for sure. So you've got to go. Patients are always calling me directly. Uh, hey, I, I want a laser cap. And I say, well, you need to go see a doctor. Well, can I get a laser cap? And, and I tell them, go find a hair restoration physician that you trust, that you believe in, and the rest will follow. And if that doc provides you a laser cap, so be it. If they, if they don't, have them call me. And I'll make sure that he starts selling you a laser cap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all part of that. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. now, if you compare the, the, the two different models of laser cap, so someone says, let's compare these two models. Um, what are your, your thought process? So someone who's looking at laser cap, I have the older shell version. There's the newer version that's more vented. Um, how would you, um, should I switch to the vented one? Should well, the I? Interesting, the interesting thing about the, the vented one, this is a, uh, this is, you know, I work with a lot of, um, uh, you know, now very high-end plastic surgeons like yourself, but historically I worked with, uh, you know, just these pure transplant, hair transplant folks. I mean, you do all sorts of surgeries all over the body, right? Uh, uh, it, only face and hair. Oh, face and hair. Well, that's plenty. Um, so, um, uh, the, uh, historically, it's been these transplant surgeons, you know, just these pure uh, surgeons. And they're always asking me for, you know, give me something more innovative. Give me something high tech looking. And so it was kind of a motivation to showcase the technology and to create something that um, was uh, was unique. And so what we did with this, I'll show you this, uh, how this goes. Uh, we created a, it's a flat manufactured uh, device that has a, a front connector band that's small, medium, large, extra large. So it conformally fits. It basically hugs your head. Well, that's nice. So, uh, you know, you just determine the patient head size and uh, snap this thing together. I'll put it back together and then I'll put this baby on and you'll just see how it uh, how it goes. But it but it, it it's the same underlying technology. You know, it's the same. This is happens to be a 300 diode device. What I'm wearing here is a 224 diode device. But it's basically the same underlying tech. And so if we just put this thing on, you'll see how it uh, how it basically hugs my head. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So here, let me snap this on. Yeah. So that's there we go. So we're we're lit up. So you really don't need to cover this with a hat. Uh, you just wear it, you know, in your in your home. Uh, and um, it it's got a, a real, um, you know, it basically hugs your head. Uh, but it's no different than the. I mean, this is a lot more expensive. Why? Because it's more difficult to make. I make them in lower volume. But some patients, you know, they well, I want that one. And uh, so that's fine. But other, bottom line, you want to send them out with, with a light device, preferably a laser cap. So whichever one you use, um, you know, uh, as long as they get a laser cap. Do, do you find a difference in the two different devices as far as results? So if someone said, I want the difference between this versus that, and they say, hey, guess what? I, I want to make sure I get the best possible result. Um, is there a difference? Is there a 5% difference, a 20% difference? It, it, again, if we go back to this curve, it hasn't been studied. It, has, it hasn't been studied. You know, I think that 
all of the devices, you know, if you look, if you look here, these are some of the over-the-counter devices. I don't really want to name names, but you can read them. I don't like to upset, you know, competitors. They're, they're all, everybody's doing a good job in the industry. Uh, you, your industry gets a little tricky. I mean, folks really need to look at, at you know, um, I, there's, a, there's hair surgeries that are being performed uh, offshore that are troublesome. Uh, and so in, in our industry in the, in the U.S., uh, you know, the devices are all pretty good. But, but these over-the-counter devices are way down on the biologic effects curve. See, that's the biologic effects curve right there. And so, uh, like, you know, one of these lower powered ones is way down here on the curve compared to uh, uh, LaserCap 224. LaserCap 300 is a little higher on the curve. Uh, LaserCap 80 is still above, that's 80 diodes, is still above, you know, the best off-brand laser cap. Uh, and that's because the, the best off-brand laser cap decided they're going to do a six-minute a five or six minute continuous power and they turned down the, they were unable to overdrive the, the, the lasers. And so that was their choice. But I, in my opinion, they're underpowered. Um, so so, so that, that's something some people talk about, you know, the, the, like the, the way you get treated. And um, classically, you, you do a 30 minute pulse every other day. Right. Um, some people talk about doing six minutes every day with a continuous um, let's talk about those two different protocols. Sure. Your thoughts on both of those and well, effects. A thirty-minute pulse with a thirty-minute pulse. If you look at my chart, a thirty-minute pulse on a on a two twenty-four is delivering about three point two three joules per square centimeter. A a, a six-minute continuous with the best off-brand cap out there is doing about one joule. So we're getting three times the power with it, not because we're better, we're just the circuit's different, and and we're choosing a pulsed over a 30-minute rather than a continuous at six. Now, so, now pulse versus continuous, let's say, because uh, can the laser cap go continuous or pulse, or it always goes continuous, or it always goes go, uh, pulse? We, I've got a continuous protocol, like this is a continuous pack. I can do a continuous protocol, because again, all these devices are on the biologic effects curve, I just prefer the pulse at 30 minutes because I want more energy per square centimeter. And that, that's my opinion now based on this research. Do you, do you think it penetrates deeper pulse because uh, um, of kind of relaxing the cells, the melanin doesn't have a chance to block it, then it hits it? Or what are your thoughts? There, there's more evidence that pulse at certain hertz, you know, certain frequencies is better than a continuous. Uh, there's more evidence uh, of that. But I couldn't tell you Oh, you know, pulse is better than continuous for, for here we go. Yeah. Um, and then the protocol, why, why the protocol of 30 minutes every other day? Like if I said, hey, guess what? I don't like 30 minutes every day. What I want to do is when I brush my teeth, I'm going to throw my laser cap on. Um, I actually kind of do this sometimes. I, I won't I'd say, hey, guess what? It takes me 10 minutes to brush my teeth and wash my face and put stuff on. And I'm going to do that every day rather than doing 30 minutes every other day. Why 30 minutes every other day versus doing... 15 minutes a day versus that. So simple, simple answer. The original devices that were studied were dome devices. Uh, so you'd have to go into the office uh, and, and to receive your treatment. And so they had, I think, a two, two times a week protocol, uh, certainly not an everyday protocol because you couldn't get in there. And then uh, the, the, uh, the comb device, 
I forget what their protocol was, but then there were some other helmet devices, the iGro, for example, uh, where uh, they determined we're going to use an every other day protocol or a couple times a week protocol. Uh, and so those were the predicates that were studied at, at with those frequencies. So nobody has studied an everyday protocol. But there's plenty of doctors who say, okay, I'm just going to tell my patient 20 minutes every day or six-minute continuous every day. Or I mean, It's all good, in my opinion. And, and the reason I, I've done that is because if you look at some of the LED devices, not for hair, but for, for like kind of healing red light for post-surgery protocols and things of that nature, lots of them you use um, smaller amounts of time every day. Um, so my thought was, hey, guess what? Let's incorporate this because mitochondria is mitochondria. Let's stimulate mitochondria. Let's get more increase in our cellular activity. And so that was my thought process. But again, I have no idea whether that's a better protocol or worse protocol. But that was just kind of my my variant on it. Also out of convenience. I just can't remember. If I do something every day, I remember it. If I do something every other day, I forget. Because if I work out every day, I'm good. If I work out every other day, I'll forget and I won't do it. Well, these are physician devices. You know, these are uh, by physician only, and the physicians can do whatever protocols they want. I mean, the light is generally safe. I mean, you can tell your patient wear it till the battery runs out. You know, wear it for two hours. You know, theoretically, there can be an overtreatment. It's biphasic. There can be an overtreatment. You know, ten hours, twenty hours. You know, we don't we we don't know, and it's it's theoretical. At these powers. You know, it's still a low power, even though it's five milliwatt, even up to 50, even up to 500 milliwatt per square centimeter. It's still considered low power. You're not cooking anything. You're not killing anything. Okay. And so is someone who's, who's trying it and they say, I'm going to put a laser cap on. What is the amount of time before you say, hey, guess what? You're going to see something different. And um, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that you ought to give uh, patients um, uh, uh, four to six months. I think you ought to give them four to six months before you, you bring them back. I mean, we have a one-year return policy where patients, you know, any time in the first year can bring it back for any reason, no reason at all, to the physician. Then the physician will refund 75% of the purchase price, and then we work it out with the doctor. Uh, but, but yeah, I would give it a good four to six months before you bring the patient back for some repeat photography, and even a whole year to, to you know, because, you know, growing hair is it's a slow slow business. And I think that's kind of speaks to me, the quality of laser cap in the sense why one of the things I'm a believer in laser cap is because um, anytime you have a company that believes in its product and says, hey, guess what? If you don't believe in it as a patient, we're mm -hmm. going to we're going to work with you. And um, anytime I've not gone quality with something, um, whether it's a, it's a vitamin, it's a healthcare equipment, uh, it's a car. When you buy a quality product, you know, you have quality, you know, you have the best item. And you just feel good about it because whatever reason you feel like you're covered your back versus if you buy an, an inferior product, you're like, well, it didn't work. Well, you're using the wrong thing. Um, uh, something happened to this product. You know, you're covered. You know, you're in good hands. You know, your power output's going to be consistent. You're not worried about, you know, getting what 10 joules and one joules. And I see that with a lot of my lasers in the office that you know, some of the older times you would get different things that were tweaked. Uh, and now the newer lasers are not doing that. But I'm imagining it's something like a laser cap that you might have some of the other products that peak out and then go down. Uh, is that? I think there's trouble with uh, some of the manufacturing with some of the devices. Uh, I mean, there's some very good uh, off-brand uh, laser caps that are manufactured, but then there's a lot of copies where 
you know, I think that there, I, I don't think there's any safety issues, although, you know, there can be battery safety issues because, uh, you know, it's a lithium battery. Uh, but but um, I think you get problems with lights out and just, you know, defects, just 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 issues that, uh, you know, we handle. We have, we have a lifetime warranty policy on the devices. So it's covered for life. We have a small replacement fee between three and five years and then a, a slight no replacement fee in the first three years, small one, $250 in the in three to five years, and then $500 after five years. I mean, that's, that's an amazing, that's an amazing product, uh, you know, coverage of something and it speaks to it again. Um, uh, a, cu- a couple of other questions. So with laser cap, do you notice, I mean, you have a lot of physicians who use this and believe in this product. Do you notice any sort of protocols that people are doing that say, hey, guess what? This works well with laser cap. Is it like, hey, guess what? Laser cap and Rogaine. Oh, laser cap and PRP. Laser cap and... It, it is synergistic with with all the, the, the you know, hair regrowth. In hair regrowth, you don't, you don't want to do experiments on your patients. You don't want to... I mean, some docs will say, well, let me start you on laser cap, and then I'm going to add the Rogaine or the topical finasteride or this or that. But really, you want to just come out of the gate and, and you know, these patients want hair regrowth. They don't want experiments. Exactly. And they all work by different mechanisms. You know, the finasteride is the DHT blocker. The, uh, the minoxidil is in calcium channel. The, 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 the laser, the light is improved cellular respiration at the mitochondria. Uh, the PRP is, you know, in that, in that regenerative genre we're at the tip of the iceberg with that because the, you know, with the PRP, they're adding stem and, uh, and, uh, all sorts of ECM, uh, stimulants and, uh, uh, activating the platelets. And there's a whole slew of things. Light is synergistic. I believe with, with all of it, it it's additive and can be synergistic. So for example, uh, uh, uh laser cap plus minoxidil. So when you put this on, if you put your, your minoxidil product on, and you put, uh, even though the manual says, oh, well, don't use it on what hair. Should you put minoxidil on first or your well, laser put cap it on? First. Put it on first and then put the cap on. You get some warmth. You get an occlusive effect. You get a big bump in ah. absorption of whatever you put on. That's a great tip because I've actually been doing that the other way. I've been doing the cap, then the minoxidil. So I should actually switch that around. So that's well, a nice tip. Patients that you may get a systemic effect, so you got to be careful. I mean, not that I've documented that, but there's you're going to get an increased absorption. You know, the dermatologist did the Vaseline uh, studies and the Saran Wrap studies, you know, where they put the topical on and they put the mm-hmm. Saran on, and, you know, big bump in absorption. And it's a similar effect with the occlusion, all right? And then there could be some direct effects with the, with the light. You know, you increase circulation. Uh, nitric oxide formation, you know, these things may be contributing to the effect of the minoxidil. We haven't studied it, but the, the sense is that it, it's a good idea. There's real synergy. And then PRP, with PRP, that's a whole other issue. PR, PRP always should be followed with laser cap, always should be followed with photomedicine, because there's there's similar processes going on. Uh, 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 the 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 PRP the growth factors are supposed to you know stimulate endogenous stem to uh, you know recruit the endogenous stem to uh, improve the, uh, the, the the follicle function. Uh, the light does a similar thing, and, but it's ongoing. You know after the PRP is done. Um, you're, you have a you have a new laboratory a new scientific research part about laser cap, which I think is also exciting. That I don't think there's any other company who's doing that. Um, can, to do that. <laughs> can you tell me uh, like some of the things that 
at least that you're able to talk about that that's yeah. going on over there and some of the things that you're you're discovering with this this new arm of LaserCap? So so we're we're trying to put together a PRP plus photo medicine for hair regrowth registry trial, and the idea is that we work with doctors, we look at their PRP. What's the cellular makeup of their PRP? Are they using one times platelet, two times? four times, eight times? Are they using, a, you know, what protocol are they activating? Are they uh, uh, doing using additives, et cetera? And then with or without photomed, we encourage all the docs to use the photomed. But the idea is that we try to correlate PRP. We try to characterize the PRP and correlate it with hair regrowth outcomes. So we also ask them for baseline. We will ask them for baseline photography trichograms, whatever they're using to measure the baseline and the progress and see if we can draw some, uh, you know, some correlations between, you know, PRP characterization, use of photomed, and we have a photomed optics lab set up too to measure uh, uh, outputs. So if they say, oh, we're using a Theridome or we're using this off-brand or that off-brand, well, we know what those outputs are. Uh, we know what the, what the, um, what the energies are per square centimeter on those devices. And so we, again, are looking to try to correlate these treatments with hair regrowth effects. And I think that's such an important part because with PRP itself, there's so many versions of it that are out and um, it, it does a disservice to PRP because there's people who are getting um, PRP that's actually probably not even um, has a higher, that much higher platelet than normal. And yet people have two times, three times that are actually getting improved, improvement in, in their hair results. And we've tried previous protocols of PRP in the past that have not been as effective as some of our ones we're using right now. Um, so I think that's an exciting part to see that science kind of and hair kind of going together. And um, you're seeing these synergies working across fields, which is, I think, amazing for the field. Yeah, that's, I want to document that because there's a lot of anecdotal, uh, you know, you've had experiences, other, your colleagues have had experiences where they start with one kit, they start with one protocol, and they don't like it. Uh, for for whatever reason, you know, there could be some pain, there could be some bruising, not not good results, uh, uh, and then they switch to another protocol, and they're getting results. So we'd like to formalize that. Um, what's the craziest hat you've seen over a laser cap that someone's covered it with? Or what's the craziest activity you've seen someone do? Oh, well, I would always jog with mine back, you know, when I pre-transplant, when I was trying to grow my hair. I would always jog with mine. So uh, that was always fun. I'd put my minoxidil on, put my cap on, and I did pretty well with it. But uh, I, I ended up with uh, doing major transplant just because I just didn't have any hair. Um, and then the other question on that, so, so you, you basically any hat on that. Do you think there's an issue with heat if you wear like a, a winter hat over it? Probably has no effect on it. Well, the laser cap generates some warmth. Uh, some of the, the um, you know, the consumer devices don't generate much warmth, but they're not putting out any power. Uh, yes. so the laser cap generates some warmth. So it's, you know, advisable to wear a, you know, not wear a heavy, you know, heavy hat. Yeah. Um, okay, cool, cool. And then people sometimes always ask the question, am I going to get more of a result with short hair versus long hair, or do you think there's no difference? Well, uh, hair will block light. But we put out a, a lot of light with these devices, and uh, that's number one. Number two, uh, you're using the cap because we can see a lot of your scalp. And so if we can see a lot of your scalp, there's lots of photons getting to and through your scalp. Uh, uh, on the other hand, if you've got thick, dark, opaque hair, 
you know, you're not not as there's going to be some block, but you know, some light blockage. Uh, now, ways to mitigate that. Uh, again, the manual says, hey, don't wet your hair, don't use it on wet hair, but that it's okay. You can do that. This is moisture sealed. So patients with if they got long, you know, thick, they got thick hair, they can wet it, comb it back, expose maximum scalp, put their minoxidil on, whatever they want to do, and uh, you know, with the doctor's permission, and uh, put the laser cap on. So, so the only thing, so what is the restriction with laser cap? So people, people talk about that a lot. Um, is there basically don't wear it in the rain is my understanding. Um, and oh, don't shower voltage. with it, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's low voltage. You're not going to electrocute yourself. But, you know, you don't really want to, you know, put wear it in the bathtub, per se. I think really the only contraindication is if you've got a neoplasm that's being directly, you know, a cancer on your scalp, uh, you know, a basal or a squamous cell or whatever it is, um, uh, uh, and you're, you know, you're directly irradiating that, you're photostimulating not only your follicles, but a, but a neoplasm. And so you'll, you could rev up, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not a crisis because those are slow growing, but then you always have to worry about um, uh, um, melanoma. You know, if you've got, uh, but, but, you know, but, and, and that's your job as a doc, you know, you need to look patients over. Absolutely. Um, and, it's, yeah. it's one of the areas that's oftentimes missed is scalp melanoma. It's one of the, uh, the bad spots that melanoma can exist. Uh, the back, the scalp are two areas that patients oftentimes melanoma is missed. Got the and, you got the hair covering it. Um, but most of my patients who are wearing the laser cap, like you're talking about, uh, the hair obstruction unit is not as much of an issue. <laughs> um, again, I, I don't think I have so much see-through, but I do have some see-through. So well, you got a little, but you got a lot of hair. I would advise you, you know, wet it and put the minoxidil on. Uh, I, I'll probably change that protocol. I'll put that on there. That's a great tip. So keep your hair wet, put the minoxidil on, put the cap on. Um, I still probably will do my brushing teeth protocol uh, that I do at night, just because otherwise, if I don't do everything every day, I forget. And that's better for the minoxidil. Because minoxidil is an everyday sort of thing. It's supposed to be twice a day, but you you could do it once a day. If you do it my way, you just do it once, you'll be fine. Um, so where do you see laser cap in five years, ten years? Anywhere where you say, hey, guess what? This is going to go. Uh, is laser cap going to stay here? Is it going to go other spots or people? Is it going to be um, different power outputs? Where do you see, where do you see the product going? Increasing. We're going to increase the the power and the energy. And I've got some technology that um, some promising technology that uh, this time I, I might get the patents right. Who knows? Um, you know, protect all the doctors out there. Uh, um, uh, so, yeah, I think we want to see more power. Uh, we set up a cell lab, a PRP cell lab. We're, all, we're, we're also setting up a wet lab to do some bench studies on um, uh, hair follicles in the, in the Petri dish in the culture dish so we can directly irradiate them and take certain measurements, you know, emulsify the, um, the dermal papilla and uh, measure growth factors and look for changes. So that wet lab is going to give us some good information to try to zero in on, um, uh, on the, you know, if I go back to that biphasic dose response curve, should we be here or should we be over here or should we be there? We want to kind of try to zero in on optimal power and time. Uh, and then wavelength, yeah, there's a little debate, but most of these are, all, are red light. Uh, 66, 650, 660 nanometer. There's some thought, maybe we, we should look at infrared, but it, but the bench work 
lately is showing that the red at 660 seems to be working the best. So, you know, so why change? Exactly. Uh, and so for power, for, for again, consumers looking at uh, different models, it's not just the number of diodes. Um, it's not just the power. It's not just the area. It's not just continuous versus pulse. It's kind of like all of that makes everything better. Is that true? You need, you need diodes because you want to get some coverage. You don't want to have, you know, you don't want to just have a few diodes uh, 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 across a large area because then there's a lot of follicles that aren't getting much light. So you want to get some uniformity, which means you need, you know, more diodes. Uh, but then it's what those diodes are putting out. You know, it's the power, it's the milliwatts that they're, that they're putting out. Uh, and then the time period, because milliwatts times time, that's the joules, that's the energy. Uh, and then per centimeter is, uh, you know, is, the, is, is really the ultimate measurement. Yeah, the, the energy per square centimeter in joules. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so uh, last question I always ask everyone is, um, what are, um, just in general for the uh, kind of off-topic things, what are three things you wish to see different in just, I say healthcare or healthiness or any of those things, doesn't have to be related to hair, can be related to hair, can involve mm -hmm. anything. So three things, you can make it two things, uh, but um, what are three things you would love to see changed in, in that aspect? Well, I think that, um, first off, I think you guys are doing some incredible work. You know, the, the, the plastic surgeons and the transplant guys and gals are doing, you know, miracles with, with patients. And, you know, medically, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're there to, to, uh, to support and to, um, you know, slow the loss, stop the loss, reverse it. We're there to help. But the surgery you folks do is incredible. That's, I'd say that. So don't do much different other than just keep improving what you're doing. On the inside, you know, the, the medicines that we take, uh, the, the diseases that we get, you know, the heart disease, the Alzheimer's, um, uh, I, I think it's all preventable. I think it's all, I, I, think it, I think we can live to a ripe old age and then drop dead. That's what I think. And I think it, um, you know, we've got tremendous environmental toxins, uh, the food that we eat, the air that we breathe, you know, everything around us, there's all sorts of toxins and pollutants. Um, uh, but there may be, you know, there may be some ways to, to mitigate that, to, to manage that. Uh, the diet can change uh, and, the, and the, the medicines that we take Um I've been turned on recently to orthomolecular medicine. I know that is probably not something that resonates with you, but the anti-aging doctors uh, who are on the cutting edge of things, who are, you know, doing intravenous vitamins and, you know, doing chelations. And I think they're, I really think they're onto something. And I think light can play a big role in that as well in, uh, in, in keeping uh, patients healthy. Um, actually, the anti-aging part that you talk about is actually um, super fascinating for us. Because with hair, um, we don't just use one modality. I mean, we, we always want to be on the cutting edge. So things that we're using in the office include not just PRP, but things like exosomes, which are messengers sent back and forth to the cells, as you know. Um, also uh, working with um, a bunch of the things, growth factors. So kind of all of these things stimulating hair, all kind of working together. And it's interesting also you mentioned environmental toxins because all of these things, environmental food toxins, affect our mitochondria. And with the laser cap, 
um, one of the things you're going to do is you're going to be stimulating your mitochondria to improve that. Uh, so they all kind of work together. So get rid of those toxins so your mitochondria can work better, but also stimulate them. Um, and then, uh, so all of that's working together. Um, I think uh, amazing what you've done, amazing what you've accomplished. Okay. And um, imitation is the, the best form of flattery. Although if I had a company where people were copying me and, and sort of ripping off my product, I don't know if I think that that way, but, um, uh, and I think there's probably more doctors who uh, need to personally thank you. I'll thank you in person. Thank you for um, all that you've done for um, the, the science of lasers and hair. Thank you for my patients. Thank you for myself because I use it. You are welcome. And keep growing, keep buying caps and growing hair. There we go. I, I want my hair next time I talk to you. I want it to be this big. Your hair looks <laughs> awesome. Your hair looks awesome.